in So What Perfect Song, and that's the song that kind of came to me this week, which is cool because God just kept saying the same thing over and over. I'm going to start by sharing with you a vision that Amber had on Sunday morning. I was at a different church ministry on Sunday morning, but she texted me and, and shared with me. She said, you guys had an amazing service here, awesome presence of the Lord, um, incredible worship. She said, she said it was just amazing. Um, so thank you to everybody who um, not ran the show, but ran the show. <laughs> um, she says this, during worship, I was praising, and it was amazing, and she said, and I saw myself with a veil on, and then she said, I saw myself as a skeleton with a veil on, and she, you know, kind of shocking image, but she's, and, and I think of, um, I don't know, I was just passed by, but you can look. You can Google it. You, you can. I can see it. Im imagery speaking, I can see the skeleton. There is that out there, a skeleton with a veil, and I think it's like a Mexican culture kind of thing. But anyways, um, but God was speaking a specific word to her, um, and the interpretation was this. I asked the Lord for the interpretation. I knew that it wasn't bad, but the Lord spoke, and He says it's a purification, and the flesh has been removed. Isn't that good? And the fact that we're the bride, you know, and. This is what he's looking for. This is the sacrifice he's looking for, that we present our body as a holy living sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says, as a holy living sacrifice, this is the kind he finds acceptable. As I was dwelling on that, you know, do you ever take a scripture and you just meditate on it and then God gives you pieces of it? Present your body. What did they do back in the day? We don't have to do it anymore. But when they brought a sacrifice to the altar, fire happened, right? What happened to the flesh in the fire? It was consumed. God expects us to offer our body on the sacrifice so that it can be consumed by his fire so that the flesh is no more. Isn't that amazing? That's the kind of sacrifice, kind of offering he wants from us. That's the kind of vessel that he can use, one that is not consumed by the flesh, but that the flesh is consumed by him. And when I saw that, I was just like, whoa, God, that's what he wants. That's the offering he wants. Many times we're like, you know, oh, yeah, our lives, living sacrifice, you know, that means like I'm going to worship, that means I'm going to, and, and all that is good. But what he wants is our flesh to be dead. Our old man is already new. You know, the old man's gone. The new man has come. That's our spirit man. But the one that we, we war against is the flesh. And what he wants is us to not live for the flesh, but us to die to the flesh. How is that going to happen? Get it in the fire. Give it no place. I thought that was amazing. And so, so here we have this, this vision. And I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. The next morning I wake up, and often um, many of you have received um, random... Um, 
devotionals from me because I do like three or four a day. And if one pops up and it reminds me of somebody, I'll send it to them. Not like trying to preach at you specifically, but if it reminds me of something that you've shared or, or you know, a message you shared or a vision you shared or whatever, I'll send it to you. So the very next morning, so she shares me this, this vision she had. And the very next morning, this is my devotional. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then that's when the Lord started speaking to me. This is the kind of sacrifice. The flesh is burned off. God wants us to get rid of the flesh and allow him to burn off the flesh and, and, and be a bride without flesh. <laughs> That vision to be a bride without flesh getting in the way. That's the kind of vessel he wants to use. Why? Because then he can clothe it with whatever he wants. Amen? So that's the kind of vessel that's acceptable and holy to the Lord. And here's the devotional. This is Brother Hagen. You are to do something with your body. For if you don't, nothing will ever be done with it. Your inward man has become a new man in Christ. You have received eternal life when, um, when eternal life, which is your life and nature of God, is imparted to your spirit. It changes you. You will not have any trouble with you, the spirit man. Okay? But you will have trouble with the flesh. People say you have to die out the old self. No, you don't because that old self is dead, the, the spirit man. The old man is dead. You've got a new man. The old self is dead, and now you have a new self living in its place. But what you need to do is die out the flesh. Isn't the flesh the old self? No, it isn't. Your flesh is the outward man. It's the body. It's the same old flesh it was before you were saved. So your body is the house. If you haven't heard this, <laughs> I'm a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body, okay? In my spirit is where God dwells. I could break out into song. All right. If you're old school, you know the song. Um, isn't the flesh the old self? No, it isn't. Your flesh is the outward man, the body, and it's the same old flesh it was before you were saved. Your body is the house in which you live. And you, not God, are the caretaker of this house. You are the one to do something with this body. You are the one to present this body as a sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, a living sacrifice, the holy kind of acceptable sacrifice that's acceptable to God. Another translation concludes it with this phrase, this is your spiritual service unto God. So I want you to say this confession with me because it's part of the devotional. I am a new creature in Christ. I hold fast to this confession and the new man on the inside of me is being made manifested on the outside through the flesh. I dominate my body. I present it to God as a holy living sacrifice, acceptable unto him, which is my spiritual service. That's what God wants. God wants us to offer our bodies. You know, I, I think, 
I, I pray this every day, pretty much. Lord, I, I, I offer my body to you as a holy living sacrifice. I consecrate my life to you to do your work, your service, your plan, your purpose. My life is not my own, okay? But until now, I actually don't think I really had a true revelation of that passage. Offer my body as an actual sacrifice to allow him to burn out and burn up the flesh so that I can be a bride that doesn't have flesh. <laughs> Nothing's going to get in the way if you don't have flesh. So that's why he's saying offer it so that he can burn it out. All right? 2 Timothy 2.21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses themselves from these things which are dishonorable, disobedient, sinful, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, purified, set apart for a special service, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. So when we present our bodies to God and let him burn it out, and, and like what we were doing there, we were just waiting in God's presence for a moment. As, we, as I saw and I described because when you say something, a story, then somebody else gets a picture, right? So I saw these huge tubs up at the throne room of God and they were dumping out as we sang that song. And it was liquid fire. And I just saw it roll down and just touch our feet. Well, I think more than us, there's more flesh on us than just on our feet. So we need to just keep in that fire and let them continue to burn us out. Till we're all, and actually she said she saw herself and then she saw us all as skeletons with, veil, <laughs> with wedding veils on. Because we are the bride of Christ and Christ is coming for a pure bride. And in fact, before um, Jesus returns, he actually wants us to reach the entire world. And unless we present ourselves as holy and acceptable for him to use, they won't get reached the way he wants them to get reached. Because we need to be totally and completely yielded without having flesh in the way. Amen? I saw a really random vision last night. We had glory culture, which is a time of prayer and soaking and just seeking God. No agenda, really. Just spending time with the Lord. And I saw a strange vision. I saw a vision of a blind boy eating an apple. But I instantly, God started speaking to me about it. I heard him say, there's a price that you pay. He said, if you eat it, your eyes may be open to the world and your, 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 your flesh eyes may be open, like meaning like this boy really truly wanted to see. His flesh wants to see. So is he going to be willing to sacrifice the kingdom of heaven and all that God promises because his flesh wants to see? Will he take that bite so his flesh can get what it craves? Or are you willing to give up what your flesh wants? So he said it this way. He said, if you eat, your eyes may be open to see the world and the flesh, but now they will be closed to the spirit, just like Adam and Eve. 
just like Adam and Eve in Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded them, you may eat freely from every tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. Now they have a choice to make. Do they want to be led by the Spirit? Do they want to be obedient to God and walk in all that God has blessed them with? He blessed them with this amazing garden. He blessed them with being able to walk in God's presence in the cool of the day. Every day encountering God in the flesh like this. I mean, he is showing up. Or do they want to see what it is to know good and evil? Do they want to have their fleshly eyes open to see good versus evil and, 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 and receive what the flesh craves? Which is just curiosity. Killed the cat. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of amazed, like, how God can speak through such a unique, interesting vision. A blind boy eating an apple. I was just like, what? <laughs> but then it was like download right away. This is the reason why God does not want us to live for our flesh. Why? Because it makes us um, crave the things of this world. It, it makes us um, be detoured from God's plan and God's purpose for our lives. Look at what it did to Adam and Eve. They craved what their flesh craved. They went after it. They were disobedient to God, went after what the flesh craved, and they forfeited the Garden of Eden and the plan of God and allowed not just... <laughs> sin into the world for themselves, but thank you, Adam and Eve, for the rest of us. John 10, 9 and 10 says, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. What is he trying to do? He's trying to destroy the plan. He's trying to destroy you walking in the spirit. That is why he's got it out for you, got it out for your family to try to tempt you, test you, try you all in your flesh. And did you ever notice how he tempts you only in the two areas you know those certain couple areas that you've always fallen in here it comes again why because he knows that's a that's a weak point so he wants you to die god wants you to die to to yielding to that because then you will be able to start to experience what the spirit of god has to offer he said this This is the reason why God doesn't want us to live for the flesh, but for the spirit, so that we can reap of the spirit as well as walk in the spirit. He said, you can do what your flesh craves. I mean, we have a free will. You can do what your flesh craves and see all the world has to offer, like that boy, the blind boy who takes the bite of the apple, or Adam and Eve who takes the bite of the apple. Sure, yeah, they knew good from evil, you know. Yeah, they were embarrassed and they had to cover themselves up. They're no longer clothed in the glory and the presence of the Lord. No longer, you know, walking in the cool of the day with the Lord, kicked out of the garden. I mean, destruction came in. And the absence of the presence of the Lord. They had to find out good from evil. Life as, as they knew it was good. So he says, you can do, God just speaking to us, you can do what your flesh craves and see all the world has to offer you. 
or you can put it down and see what the kingdom of heaven has to offer you. There is a choice. He says it. Choose this day who you're going to serve. It's not really a matter of I'm choosing to live for Satan and I'm choosing to live for God. It's a matter of I'm choosing to live for my flesh and what my flesh craves. And every time I, I yield to what my flesh craves, and if it's something that's detestable to the Lord, then I'm actually choosing to deny Christ and not walk with him. I'm actually choosing not to offer that flesh as a living holy sacrifice. And then we, we push God out of our garden. We push him out of our lives. So I believe God wants us to walk in this higher place and, and he wants us to walk in the glory of God and he wants us to, to walk as manifest children of God, but something has to take place first. We're going to have to stop yielding to the flesh and start realizing that we need to offer daily our bodies to the Lord as a holy living sacrifice, which means, God, I give you permission today once again to purge me, to, to refine me with that refiner's fire and consume and, and burn out the chaff, burn out the stuff that's ugly to you so that I can be that ready and fit vessel, so that I can be that bride that has no flesh on it that would get in the way of you. Romans 8, 1 through 14. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was, um, for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in likeness of the sinful man. As an offering for our sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the righteous standard of the law might be fulfilled in us, who did not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now those who live according to the flesh set their minds, their minds are focused on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, they must set their minds on the things of the spirit. The mind... Of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. We see where Adam and Eve went. They, they, they could have kept living and living and living, and actually they did live pretty long back then. But as we move on, the time span of life gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Why is that? Because of sin. Because they gave in to the flesh. They ate of the tree that was disobedience, that was the flesh that craved to know what is it like out there in the world? What is it like to see good and evil? What is it like to um, have a high? Or what is it like to yield to my flesh and have an affair? Or what is it like to, to lie and steal and cheat and whatever else it is that God has asked us not to do? The enemy comes to try to tempt us and test us in these ways and we think, oh, I mean, he tells them no big deal. God, you can ask God for forgiveness tomorrow. But in that deception, they forfeit the kingdom of heaven. They forfeit walking in the glory in the cool of the day and being clothed in the glory of God. Now, thank God, you know, his mercies are new every morning. Thank God you can confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive your sin. 
But why take the chance? David cried out to God, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Why did he feel like that? Because he had yielded to his flesh. And we know once you got a snowball and it rolls down a hill, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. The snowball effect. Those who are controlled by the flesh cannot please God, verse 8. You, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. In other words, the old man is gone, the new man has come, but you're still dealing with your body. Okay? And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you, heirs with Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we do not have an obligation. Nobody can say, my wife made me. <laughs> you don't have an obligation. You have a choice. And God has given you the power of his spirit to be able to have the strength to choose the right thing over the wrong thing. It's just a matter of are you going to choose the thing that leads to destruction and death just because your, your flesh is craving it. It might, it might give you some kind of temporary satisfaction. The Bible says sin is fun for but a moment. You know, we, it looks like the world is out there partying and having a good time until destruction happens, until DUIs set in, and until, until um, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets killed, or a marriage is broken up, or, or whatever. It might have been fun for that one hour or whatever until they get caught, until the enemy laughs in their face. So therefore, brothers and sisters, we have no obligation to the flesh, or to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, he says, just like Adam and Eve, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body or the flesh, and you will live. Now, he's talking about spiritually here. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, um, the devil was, was deceiving them, and he's twisting the words of God, saying they would be like God and this and that, but really they lost the glory by yielding to their flesh. And physically, they were still alive, so God must have been lying then, I guess. He's talking about spiritually, you're forfeiting walking in the Spirit. You're forfeiting manifesting as a child of God. You're forfeiting being seated together with Christ and ruling and reigning. But yet, time and time again, even believers choose to let the flesh rule them. The Lord says this. The choice is yours. You can either live in the flesh and not, he's so blunt, and not partake of the things of the kingdom of heaven, or you can live in the spirit and walk in the spirit and experience all that the kingdom of heaven has to offer. It seems kind of like a no-brainer. But yet, we fight against the flesh. 
But I think that sometimes we just need a reminder. I know we all know this message. Sometimes we just need a reminder. What is it I'm sacrificing? What is it I'm giving up if I give in to that? And what are we fasting for? To put down the flesh. No, boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus' name, get behind me, Satan. I will not have that cookie. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, it seems so silly. But no, you're training your flesh to be under subjection to the real you that's on the inside. So that when important things comes up, you can say, no, in the name of Jesus, I resist you, flesh. I resist you, Satan. I command you to flee. I am not giving into that. I am not forfeiting the call of God upon my life. I am not forfeiting um, walking in the glory of God and having the presence of God wake me up every morning. I am not forfeiting that. Because that's what Adam and Eve did when they took a bite of that apple. Or that fruit whatever the fruit was, for you sticklers. I wasn't there, so. Galatians 5, 16 through 26 says this. Living by the Spirit's power. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. In other words, I'm sure if you invite the Holy Spirit into the situation, you're being tempted by your flesh. Take a pause and say, Holy Spirit, is it okay for me to do that? You know what he's going to say. So let him guide your life. He's going to say no. It's not okay. Give him the opportunity to direct you. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves, your flesh craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. It's the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So you're not free to serve God with a pure heart and, and, and with freedom and liberty. Do you ever uh, mess up? And maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe you... Confess it to the Lord. Maybe you ask God of forgiveness. And you came to church, and you're in the presence of God, yet you still feel just not quite right to, like, am I the only one? Anyways, do you ever have that where you your flesh is condemning you? You know, and it takes a while to work through those feelings and, and get back to, that's why God doesn't want us to give in to the flesh. Because it condemns us. It discourages us. The enemy uses it against us. And it presses a pause button on, on our walk and our journey with the Lord. Does it eliminate the journey with the Lord? No. But, but we're hindered by our flesh. And we're condemned by the enemy. You know? So he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. This is the result. When, when you yield to the flesh, these are the kinds of things that happen. He says... Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, which each one of these has like categories of things. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, um, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And he says, let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit 
the kingdom of God. And you can see it with Adam and Eve as the example. You can see what God was teaching about this, this young boy. I mean, he had to be like 10 years old. And he is blind. What blind young boy who knew if he would just take a bite of this apple and yield to his flesh, he could then see. You know? And, and, and maybe that's what the enemy uses against people. If you just do this or that, you're going to feel this way. All of a sudden, um, you're not going to be oppressed anymore. All of a sudden, you're going to be happy. You know, you're not going to feel depressed anymore or whatever. And he uses these things to tempt and to test when he's the one who caused the depression in the first place. And now he's going to make them yield to the flesh. Not make them, prompt them to choose to yield to the flesh. And the results are bad. They're going to result in not being able to inherit the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. If you ever have a lack of peace, you're living in a lack of peace, somewhere along the line you missed it or somebody missed it. And ask the Lord where so you can get back on track. Because where there's peace, the Holy Spirit is. He, rule, he, he rules and reigns and leads and guides us by his peace and his presence. What departed from, from um, David? The peace and presence of God when he sinned. What departed from Adam and Eve when, when they sinned? The peace and presence and the glory of God. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Now, here's over here on the kingdom of heaven side. When I yield and I say no to my flesh and I yield to the Spirit, all of this can happen. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. We walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You can have as much as you want. You can experience as much as you want. If you will just offer your body, your flesh, as a holy living sacrifice, like, I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to do what you want to do with it. And if there's anything in this flesh that is detestable to you, if there's any way that I've displeased you, burn it out, Lord. And when you offer that to the Lord, you're going to experience this over here. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness. And he's going to clothe you with his glory. Just like he did Adam and Eve before they had sinned. I believe that this, and I'm going to talk about it Sunday, but the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covering the earth is going to be the revelation knowledge to the church to offer their bodies as a living sacrifice. So that they can be a bride that's pure, and a bride that can contain, hold, and be clothed like Adam and Eve did before sin with the glory of God. It's going to happen because the word of God says it's going to happen. And that's how it's going to happen because that's what he's teaching in his word. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. 
since we are living by the Spirit, and he's teaching us how do we walk in the Spirit? How do we get clothed with God's glory? How can we be a host for the Holy Ghost? How can we have the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit of God and the fruits of the Spirit of God in our lives and consume us? Since we live by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not be conceited, become conceited, or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Just worry about yourself. Unless you're encouraging somebody in the Lord. And God put you in a position. Come on. <laughs> don't take a splinter out of your brother's eye or your wife's eye or your husband's eye. Pray for them. Examine yourself before the Lord. And pray for those. <laughs> Because many of us who see a splinter in our brother's eye have a plank in our own. <laughs> what the word says. <laughs> Hallelujah. We should be like Adam and Eve before the fall. We should be, now that Jesus came, we can be. That's what those passages were saying. Now we have this, this, this right standing with God because of the blood of Christ Jesus. And now we're no longer obligated to do what our, our sinful nature craves. We can offer our bodies as a living, holy sacrifice. We can resist the enemy. We can resist the flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can walk and live in the kingdom of heaven and experience the glory of God. Like Adam and Eve did before the fall. Right now. Paul said, I, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. I who live. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That reminds me of that vision I had when I did Pakistan the very first time, and I put on some music after I was done. I was just kind of blessed. So many people accepted the Lord. I'd never seen that before. I laid down right here, and I was just praying. And, um, and I'm looking up at the ceiling, yet visions are really unique because you can see anywhere. <laughs> I'm looking up at the ceiling, and all of a sudden I saw Jesus walking down the aisle right here. And he came up to me, and he washed my feet, purified me. I think it was John who said, if he washes your feet, then you're all clean. Or Jesus said it to John. Anyways, so he walks in, he washes my feet, and then he lays down into me. And, I, and <laughs> my, um, my mind went, is this scriptural? <laughs> like, what's going on? And I heard right away, right as soon as that like question arose, I heard Christ in you, the hope of glory. In him we live and move and have our being. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I was just like, whoa. Because the Bible says out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, the word of God gave me, or the Holy Spirit gave me three scriptures right away. Let everything be established. In other words, if I'm willing to literally... So I was laying there saying it. Lord, I just lay my life down. I surrender, Lord. If this is what you want to do, I'll do it, you know. 
I surrender. I offer my body on the altar as a living, holy sacrifice. And maybe sometimes, I'm so thankful for this scripture, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Sometimes we may have done some things that were displeasing to God that we didn't even see it. We didn't even know it. And I think that's probably why he came up and washed my feet. I missed some spots. <laughs> I'm laying there and presenting my body to him, and I missed some spots. So he's like, hang on, wash those up. Okay, now I can get in you. Now I can move through you. Now I can clothe you. So it's not going to hurt to offer yourself on a daily basis as a holy living sacrifice, welcoming him to purify us. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live day to day. He now made Christ his purpose. He no longer lives for what the flesh craves. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 4, 22 and 24, or through 24. In reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And you are renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new self, which is in likeness of God, and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Put it on. Make a choice not to put on the old self. That old self is gone. Make a choice to not yield to the flesh. Keep your vessel pure and ready and fit for whatever he wants to use it for. Just a couple of scriptures. Luke 9, 23, he said, Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, if anyone wishes we could say to be used by me, if anyone wishes for me to live in and through them, he must deny himself. What, is your, what are you denying? Your flesh. You're denying what your flesh craves. You're denying that temptation to give in to that thing. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This, remember when he said to me, it has a price. There's a price you must pay. If you're choosing the flesh, the price you're paying is giving up, forfeiting all that God has in store for you like Adam and Eve did. Kicked out of the garden, no longer clothed with the glory of God. What a sad day. David, too. I mean, so filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, being chosen by God as a man after his own heart, you know, and, and, and passed up all his brothers who had great stature and great this and great that, all because he's this man after God's own heart. And he gets in, and the enemy gets in there with pride. The enemy gets in there with lust of the flesh. And now, yeah, he did return to God, but, but he had an awesome presence of God. And he had the favor of God on his life. And he starts to get into sin. And things just start going amiss in his life. Sin makes a mess of things. 
and it's hard to unscramble eggs. <laughs> I feel really old saying that, but anyways. This is the price we must pay. This is how we offer our bodies or why we offer them as a holy living sacrifice. Living of life that pleases God but not pleasing to the flesh. Once we get that down, we start realizing that the benefits of living over here are so much greater that we no longer desire the things of the flesh. And maybe a thought here or there may come to you, like I remember I used to enjoy this or that. Or I used to respond this or that way. But the more you've been living over here, the easier it is to just say, no, in Jesus' name, get out of here, Satan. No. I cast that thought down. I cast that imagination down. That is not me anymore. I offered my body as a living sacrifice so that I could walk over here and live in the kingdom of heaven and operate with Jesus inside of me. In him I live and move and have my being. This is how we live a surrendered life, a vessel that God can use. Another way he says it, in Romans 6, 11, he says, so consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Tonight, as we were singing that song because of that vision that you had not yet heard, I was seeing myself, especially when he poured out that fire, I was seeing myself and the flesh just be, it wasn't an ugly picture, be consumed up like, just, just fizzling away. And me being a vessel without any hindrance. Me being a bride without any flesh in the way. So that he can fill me, so that he can clothe me, so that he can use me. He wants to use every one of us. There's not a one he doesn't want to use. But some of us yield more to the flesh, so we're going to reap the things of the flesh. And really what we're doing is forfeiting God using us. And that is not at all what God wants. That's not what he wanted for Adam and Eve. But we have a free choice. We're going to either choose the flesh and forfeit the things of the kingdom of heaven, or we're going to choose the things of the spirit of God and, and let the spirit guide our lives, forfeiting the things of the flesh, but realizing over here the benefits are so much greater. And there's no death. There's no hell. There's no corruption. There's no... Messy situations. First Peter 4, 1 and 2. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. Because he who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Jesus lived for the will of God, the will of his Father. Not one day went by. We know he went to the desert. He was tempted and tested as a man, as you and I. I mean, in a 40-day period of time, he was bombarded with every temptation 
I mean, that man could encounter. I mean, we get one here and there, and we really struggle to fight the good fight of faith. But imagine all of them in one 40-day span. And he won the victory. He said no to his flesh and to the enemy. Thank the Lord. He overcame him for us. And that's why we can and have the power to resist the devil and he will flee. To cast down the thoughts and imaginations of our flesh and not yield to it, but continue walking in the spirit. I don't know about you, but I, after hearing this, after seeing this, and really why he wants us to offer our bodies, it's for our own good. And it's so that he can use us. I don't know about you, but I prefer to live and experience the kingdom of heaven and all that God has for us rather than to take a bite of an apple, <laughs> to take a bite of the flesh, and then after a little while experience decay, death, corruption, and scrambled eggs. <laughs> You'll never look like scrambled eggs again. All right. I choose life. Choose this day who you will serve. The end of the game is not good for those who choose the flesh. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants all of us to come to repentance. He wants all of us to live a life to please God. He says in Matthew 3, 12, it's a little scary, to be honest. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He's ready. He will thoroughly clear out his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat, which is the believers, into his barn, the kingdom, and he will burn up the chaff, the unrepentant, with an unquenchable fire. It's better to let him burn it out on a daily basis than to be in that situation at the end. Because that's the end. He's going to have to separate. He loves them all. He died for them all. But he's going to have to separate those who are choosing, who chose a life of the flesh and of sin and, and of pleasing self over living a life to please God, a life that's surrendered, a life that's, that's presented to God as holy and acceptable, a life that God could use and work in and, and work through. So, I don't know about you, but I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to see Romans 12.1 the same again after having that vision of, of the, I mean, I can see why God would give such a strong vision of a bride with no flesh, a skeleton with a veil. And that's how we should look. No flesh in the way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for such a clear and powerful word, a reminder of how you want us to be living so that you can use us for your glory. And not only that, so that we can experience all that you purchased for us. A life of joy, peace, 
grace, power, anointing, the fruits of your spirit, all that the kingdom of heaven has to offer is ours for our inheritance if we will choose a life in the spirit. Lord, remind us any time that temptation comes, any time our flesh craves things that are of this world, things that are displeasing to you, Lord, remind us of what we're forfeiting so that we no longer crave the things of the flesh, but the things of the spirit. Father, I just pray tonight, Lord, as I saw those buckets pour out of your refining liquid hot fire like lava. Lord, I just invite you to burn out the flesh, burn out the things in our lives that hinder you from consuming and clothing us with your glory. We want to be vessels fit for your use. We want to be vessels of honor, Lord. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to, to reveal an accelerated form. <laughs> reveal to us anything that displeases you so we can put it on the altar. We want to be holy and acceptable offerings to you, God the kind you find acceptable. Lord, we want to be carriers of your glory so that the whole earth could be immersed and clothed with your glory and the knowledge of how to walk in your glory. Once we start experiencing it, we'll be able to share with others how they can experience it. And we'll wonder why and what took us so long to walk in it. Because the flesh is not desirable. Father, give us a, a detest, a dislike for the things of the flesh, the things that we once craved. Give us a dislike, a distaste for it, Lord, so that we only walk in the Spirit and are led by the Spirit of God. Because we are the sons of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit doing a work within us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.